Hey, what's going on, fam? It's your boy Tavares here. Um, yeah, so if I sound a little muffled or stuffy or anything like that, if you listen to the last episode, I informed you guys that you know Safa wasn't feeling well, so she'd be doing, I'd be doing the next couple of episodes by myself. But I didn't inform you guys that I actually got sick as well. <laughs> um, so yeah, man, we've just been under the radar trying to overcome you know this bug that we got not COVID. Um, Don't worry, guys. We're not going to sneeze on you through Instagram. Um, But definitely been going through a lot. So we appreciate the prayers. But you know, for those who are new, I I still hope that this episode blesses you, um, that you consider subscribing, sharing with a friend. um, And yeah, and decide to leave a review. So let's just jump right into today's episode. I want to talk about something that I think is pretty common. And that's something called self-sabotage. Um, it's not necessarily, I at least I don't think it's something scientific, um, but it's basically a behavior, you know, it's, it's said that you're self-sabotaging when you're, it's like you're creating problems in daily life that interferes with like a long-term goal. Um, let's just say your goal is to get abs and you're self-sabotaging yourself because all you're eating are Doritos, hot wings, every taco in sight things along that nature, rather than doing what you know you should be doing in order to achieve those abs. Um, you know, and, it, and this is something that we we do as people, men and women alike. So this is not an episode just for ladies or an episode just for men. This is something that we do, and sometimes we're not even aware of it. You know, and I think um, when I was looking up, some, what are some habits that people have that they self-sabotage themselves? A few that I came up with that are pretty common behaviors includes procrastination, self-medication with drugs and alcohol, comfort eating, and forms of self-injury such as cutting. Um, So I'm not going to dive into some of those um, because I'd rather bring in experts, you know, ladies who's, you know, typically ladies are are pretty open on their, you know, dietary issues on, you know, issues they've had in the past or people that have, you know, harmed themselves in the past. So I'll probably bring on people that are, you know, I don't want to say guilty of it, but they did it before in the past so that they can speak to you guys. But I want to talk about self-sabotaging in general. And I want to say one of the ways that I've, you know, done that myself, you know, I want to talk about a few ways, but one of the ways that I feel like I've been the most guilty of it is in procrastination. Um, There's so much that I want to do. And I feel as though I find every excuse to just not do it. And I, I don't know who's with me because I, I, I don't want to I don't want to sound like I'm being lazy, you know, or I don't do what needs to be done because there's a lot that I do. But I feel as though sometimes I'll add something else to my plate rather than taking care of what I need to take care of initially, um, which is bad. You know, so let me just start there because that's something that I'm definitely still working on overcoming, you know, and I feel as though it's gotten easier. But like I've mentioned to you guys before, like I'm working on a book. But it would be great to work on a book before starting another project, you know, and I feel as though sometimes we do this because we have a fear of failure. Uh, And I want to say that's something that I've, you know, struggled with. I feel as though growing up in church is like if you had money, you were not spiritual. It's like, you know, being broke was what God called us to. You know, that used to be my thing. Like I never really I, I always wanted to be like, you know, in medical. So I want to be a doctor. I used to do nursing, you know, so it's not like I, I never had a passion for success, but I've just always, you know, feared, you know, certain areas are just like, ah, I don't know if I can do it, you know? And then because I'm feeling that way, I'm always procrastinating, actually doing something that pushes me towards my goal, you know? And sometimes many of you may be guilty of it, especially people in the younger generation, 
you know, you're, you have a fear of failure. You know, you're worried about what the teacher might say. So you have a project. I remember I had a project one time in high school and the teacher said it was English. And I'm like, this is high school. The teacher said we had a 10 page paper to um, finish off the year. And I said, for what? I'm not writing 10 page papers like I'm not in college yet. You know, so I asked the teacher, if I don't do this paper, what is my grade going to be? You know, she factored it in. She was like, it's going to be a B. So I didn't do it <laughs> because in my head, I know, I know, I'm, 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 you know, God is working on me, y'all. But the fact that I knew I'm going to pass without doing this, I just put it off. You know what I mean? And it's just like sometimes, you know, sometimes we don't have the opportunity. We have to do it, you know, but because we're afraid that we won't do good enough, we don't we don't study or we make studying the last thing or we we do the homework assignment before the last day because we're afraid of how we might do. You know, we don't want to tackle it first thing. You know, some of you, you're afraid of, you know, someone rejecting you. So like I, I knew a person that I was talking to them and I'm like, hey, go talk to her, go talk to her. You know, I'll like anytime I see a good looking godly woman, I'm just like, hey, bro, you know, why don't you shoot your shot? And they always found an issue with the with the sister. And it was, I, I mean, you know, I, I don't care. I didn't like these women. I just pointed women out to them. So maybe they were terrible picks, you know, sorry, whatever, you know, I don't want to offend anyone. But the issue was, I realized he found issues with everyone that I said. And that shows that there's something in you, you're afraid of a possible rejection. Um, and I think sometimes we, we belittle ourselves and put someone else on a pedestal and we make ourselves inferior. And that hinders us from becoming or receiving what God has for us. Because if God tells you, this is not in the word of God, y'all, but if God say, hey, go around the corner and you get a Tesla and you never go around the corner, how am I going to pray for the Tesla? Because the word of God already said you have to go and do something. Like the children of Israel, you know, God promised them something, but it, it, it came with trials. It came with, with problems. It's not like God just let everything they went through you know, be peaceful. And a lot of times we run away from conflict because we're afraid that we'll fail in the midst of adversity. Um, and I know some people, This I don't think this was much of an issue of mine. Probably I didn't know where I would fit in, but I think a lot of people have a fear of um, not being good enough when it comes to ministry. You know, they're wondering, man, you know, I can't preach like that guy. So why would I be a, why, why would they ask me to preach? Why would they ask me to teach? I don't sing as good as that person. Why would they ask me to sing? Or I don't, I don't, I'm not that good with my social media skills. Why is the church asking me to handle our visuals and photography and stuff like that? You know, and it's so many times we discredit ourselves, not realizing you're sabotaging the future God has for you. You're hindering yourself from allowing God to bless you, from allowing God to use you, from allowing God to do something great through you. You know, sometimes we actually have a fear of success. And that's something that I, I learned in my own personal life. You know, sometimes we, we're afraid of success. You know, we're all, we, we place a great emphasis on, oh, I don't want to fail. I don't want to mess up. But there's a lot of people that, yeah, they know that when they succeed, it's just a matter of, okay, so what now? You know, you shot, you, you, you went, you saw the girl that you were interested in. You thought she was beautiful. You thought she was godly. And you go up to her. And it's just like, hey, you know, I'd like to get to know you. And then when the girl hits you with, okay, sure. Like, you know, you want to hang out sometime? And you have no idea what to do because you're, it's like, you never process, like, you're afraid of processing what can happen when things go right. You're just assuming it'll go wrong. And I think that's a huge issue people have. You know, it's like sometimes, you know, people are afraid to serve in the church ministry because they know. That yeah, if you if you go inside of a ministry and you start doing well, people are gonna expect for you to continue along those lines. They're gonna expect for you to live a consecrated life. So now you're held to a higher standard, you know. And it's just a matter of 
do I want to be held to that standard? And, you know, when we face these with these hard times, you have to understand that that success can become a stressor for some people. And I'm not a therapist. I'm not going to try to pretend that I'm dissecting your your baggage, you know, on this episode. But, uh, you know, things like business coaches and mentors and things like that can definitely help you guys, because I know a lot of times I've, you know, I've written a book before. Like I'm working on one now, but I've written a book before. Um, and I was just like, man, but I'll, I'll, you know, I'm still struggling with lust at the time. So it's just like, how do I produce a book that, you know, I'm, I'm struggling? And obviously I would, you know, the goal is to overcome it before releasing a book, but it's a matter of too often we're afraid of what happens when, when it goes right. What happens if the book would have, you know, sold a million copies and as um, I help other people find their deliverance, I would have found mine. You know, and I think a lot of times we're afraid of success and failure, you know, but we shouldn't be doing that. You know, we shouldn't be, you know, having our, we shouldn't be striking ourselves out. But I want to dive into a few ways that we know, um, <clears throat> excuse me, I want to dive into a few ways that you'll be able to tell if you're self-sabotaging. Number one, I want to say this, you're not allowing yourself to get into a relationship. So let's talk a little bit about golly dating. I know you guys aren't here for therapy. You're here because you want to date and you want to date God's way. But a lot of people, they don't allow themselves to get into relationships. And it's sad. It's like you're you're praying, God, I want this. I want this. But you don't even allow it to happen. You know, we look down on ourselves or we look down on others and it causes us to reject God's will and we don't even realize it. You know, there are some people, like I mentioned, uh, uh, you know, a friend of mine in the past that they were rejecting everyone, you know, that you would throw their way. And it was just a matter of why are you rejecting everyone? You know, it's like you don't even know if it'll work or it won't work. You know, so why is it that you won't even shoot your shot? You know, and it's important that we're we're willing to do that because you cannot allow your your emotions or your fears, your anxiety to lie to you. And I know a lot of people struggle with anxiety and a lot of people claim mental health. So I'll never make fun of it. I'll never take a lot of it. But I do want you guys to understand that some things aren't mental health actual issues. They aren't actual issues. There's, it's a matter of fear. It's a matter of anxiety that God wants to free you from. So if you're clinically depressed, you know, I'm not going to say that's not an actual thing. But I want you to understand that God, ha- God is trying to free some of you guys from the bondage of fear. Um, and I'm praying this episode can make you challenge. Excuse me, I'm a little stuffy. It gets you to challenge those things that you know are causing you to question God's will for your life. You know, so I want you to understand that I'm not saying you know the person in the past it was a problem if you had a type, but God is not forced to give us everything you know we want down to the T because sometimes what we want isn't even good for us. You know, and that's a whole nother episode in itself. I'm not going to get into that. You know, but in reality. We're just judging them because we already know who we want and, you know, or we we feel as though this person won't even give us a chance. So we've already told ourselves we can't get into a relationship with them. And then there are people on the other end of the spectrum that not those who won't allow themselves to get into a relationship, but those who won't allow the relationship to flourish. That is a problem. That is a huge problem. One of the reasons why I wanted to do this episode, because there are so many people, they're waiting on something to go wrong. Um, you guys know I did a couple posts last week and I was like, ladies, what's something that a man will do, um, you know, that'll just, you just can't, you can't be with them because of that. And men, what would you, what does a lady have to do for you to say, nah, this is not going to be, this is not going to work for me. And I realized reading through the comments, there are a lot of people that feel as though they, they were with someone or they dated someone that's, that's not allowing them to grow. That's not allowing the relationship to flourish because 
it's like they're walking in a spirit of paranoia. Like they're just paranoid, you know, or they're waiting on you to become their ex. They're waiting on you to insult them. They're waiting. They're, they're so used to dysfunction that when something healthy comes along, they don't know how to receive it. When something healthy comes along, they don't believe that it's God's will. They, they believe it's too good to be true. You know, and many of us, you know, I, I don't know how you're, you, you know, you got situations are, how you grew up. But many of us, you know, as people, we don't know how to actually receive affection, you know, not being used to genuine love, but not being used to genuine love doesn't mean that we don't deserve it. And that's what we need to understand. Um, so it doesn't matter if everyone cheated on you in the past. That does not mean you have to wait on this guy or this woman to cheat on you. You are worth being loved. You have to be able to understand that, that it does not matter. The past does not have to define your future. Excuse me. You know, so just because that ex did whatever does not mean you need to walk around saying all men are dogs and all women are, are dogs. You don't need to walk around like that, you know, and just because someone walked away doesn't mean this new person will walk away. That's something that we have to understand that we cannot allow ourselves to to allow the, the past or allow our fears to become our identity, to allow our fears to curse us. One thing Job said that really stuck out to me. He said that this thing that he feared the most has come upon him, which means, ah, I'm just so mucusy. I'm sorry, guys. But it just shows us that Job had an issue that happened in his life, and it was something that he was fearing. He was walking in fear. So Job was worried about something happening to his kids, and then it actually happened. Why? Because you're so focused on something going wrong that something actually went wrong. The goal should not be trying to wait until there's an issue. You need to allow the relationship to grow. You need to not not always, you know, find a, a way out, not always find the problem. You know, and issues like this need to be resolved in prayer for sure. But when you finish praying, guys, please listen to me. It's necessary to actually get up and talk to someone, preferably a counselor. And that's what I'm telling you guys about BetterHelp because they are a resource that is able to help Christians, Christians that are not prioritizing our mental health, our emotional health, our, our mental well-being. That's something that we cannot, you know, just pray away. No, pray and then talk to someone. It's okay to talk to someone, you know. So BetterHelp is will assess your needs and they'll match you with your own licensed professional therapist. You'll be able to connect in a safe and private online environment. Your counselor can be contacted at any time. You'll be able to set up phone or video calls as you may desire. So if you're a person that, you know, experienced some type of devastating breakup, like just being mentioned, and you're dealing with that same stress, anxiety, that trauma that doesn't allow you to heal, BetterHelp is there to assist you. In fact, so many people have been using BetterHelp that they're recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. If you're feeling burdened down, I want you to all enjoy a more blessed and stress-free life. As one of our listeners, you'll get 10% off your first month by visiting betterhelp.com slash godly. Join over 1 million people taking charge of their mental health. Again, that's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash godly. Another way to know if you are sabotaging yourself, if you're guilty of that, is if you're a person that is always starting conflict. I know, I know, I know person who's probably guilty of that. You're tuning me out, but please hear me. If you are always looking to argue, you are ruining your relationships. You are ruining the people that God sent to strengthen you, the people that God sent to challenge you. If every time the pastor says something that you don't like, you're ready to argue, that's a problem. If every time your parents say something that you don't like, you're ready to argue, that's a problem. If every time a person you're dating says something you're not uh, pleased with, you're ready to argue, that is a problem. 
there is a way to handle conflict in a way that is healthy. You do not have to always be ready to start issues. You don't always have to be ready to start an argument. The Bible says in Proverbs 29 and 11 in the NLT, fools vent their anger, but the wise quietly hold it back. So we, we need to understand that not being able to control your anger is why many people are single or their relationship is miserable. And, and, and don't think the cute pictures on social media means the relationship is great. No, some people are miserable because they are with someone who constantly wants to argue, constantly wants to fight. That is not healthy, fam. That is not the will of God for your life to be arguing every day. That is not my idea of marriage. And I refuse to allow that to be what Safa and I, you know, we start doing over here. Like, nah, fam, I'd rather you go argue by yourself. When we both calm down, we can resolve it, <laughs> you know? So not being able to control your anger, you have to understand. And it's not just about relationships because this is why, this is why some people can't keep a job. Because the moment their boss says something, you give them a piece of your mind. And eventually you're given so many pieces of your mind, you done lost your mind, you ain't got no sense left. You know, we have to understand this stuff is important that we learn to control our, our emotions in the face of adversity. Because being easily offended or, you know, people, people that are always easily offended or taking things personally, even if it's not even directed at them, they cannot function properly because they're always going to find themselves in a situation that's going to cause an argument in a situation that's going to get them or someone else frustrated. And we all know someone that takes every single thing personally, you know, but this is a problem when we can't allow someone's opinion, when we allow someone's opinion to define us. And whether someone's opinion is positive or negative, we cannot allow it to determine who we are. We cannot allow it to determine how we will live our life, how the rest of our day will go, because only in Jesus Christ should we find our worth, should we find our self-esteem. We cannot allow people to define us. <clears throat> And I think that's where a lot of people go wrong. You know, so my advice with that is just definitely choosing choosing to walk away um, in the moment in order so you can clear your head so you can talk about it. But a lot of people, unfortunately, they walk away from the relationship altogether the moment that there's conflict. That is an issue that shows that you're sabotaging what God may have for you because people don't understand that God's will can be dressed in the midst of an obstacle. Like we look at we look at our issues and think that must be the devil. The moment somebody upsets you, you ready to bind them, get thee behind me, Satan. Did you know that Jesus said to Peter, get thee behind me, Satan, one of his closest disciples, but he called Judas friend. Why? Because you have to embrace those who bring you to your purpose. And a lot of times issues bring you to your purpose. Conflict brings you to your purpose. Something that you don't like will bring you to your purpose. So we have to understand that just because there was an issue doesn't mean we have to walk away from the person. You know what I mean? That doesn't mean you have to say this person is not God's will. You just dump them. No, you know, it's important to walk away from drama. Don't get me wrong. We don't, I don't think we need to accept every invitation that we're, you know, invited to, but it's important for you to, to lose an argument rather than losing a person. So people that love to, to, to get into arguments, they're going to be miserable. Even if they end up in a relationship, they're going to be miserable. But we have to understand that we have to ignore nonsense in order to save our peace of mind, in order to save marriages, and in order to grow. Because there's no relationship without conflict. And if you're in a relationship without conflict, someone is lying or someone is deceiving you. I don't know. I'm just saying. You know. So be willing to address that. <laughs> um, another thing 
that you can check if you're self-sabotaging yourself is when you're dating someone you already know isn't right for you. I don't know how many times you got to tell people, please do not be unequally yoked. And then there are going to be Christians in our inbox that argue, but he doesn't stop me from serving God. Oh, she she doesn't go to church, but but she's spiritual. Oh, and I'm just like, listen, don't think this is Tavares' bright idea. This is what Paul said to the Corinthians. Be not unequally yoked together with unbelievers for what fellowship has righteousness with unrighteousness. And we have to understand that Paul didn't say, don't date unbelievers that smoke. Don't date unbelievers that are evil. Don't date unbelievers that hate Jesus Christ. He said, do not connect with people that don't serve the God that you serve. That is the mindset we have to have. We have to understand that the moment you date someone who doesn't believe the same thing as you spiritually, you're sabotaging your purpose because God could be trying to speak to you, but you are clouding his voice. You are ignoring his voice to entertain some things that he didn't send, to entertain some things that is not his will. And then eventually we have to hope they get saved. But if they don't and they eventually pull you out of the church, how does that work? You know what I mean? So we have to pay attention to that. You know, stand in relationships that lead you to sin and frustration rather than marriage and closer to God, that is sabotaging your future. You know, a lot of people stay in relationships because it's familiar even when they're not happy. And I'm not talking about married people. I'm talking about people dating. They've been dating this dysfunctional um, person for seven years, but uh, we're going to get married soon. Listen, fam. May God give you peace because I don't know what you're talking about. You know, but if they aren't Christian and you are, man, you're setting yourself up for failure. I know people can change, but God is the one that has to change them. Before you try to start any type of meaningful relationship, allow God to do that. If you know dating this person is going to lead you to curse them out, don't date them. If you know dating this person is going to turn you into Bonnie and Clyde, y'all robbing banks, y'all shooting people, whatever y'all about to be doing, you know, Mr. and Mrs. Smith, then don't date them. You know, don't experiment and test the waters. Stop testing the waters, you know? And if this person doesn't believe in purity, you can't be surprised when they want sex because they're not serving your God. If they don't help you spiritually, please don't be surprised because they're not on the same wavelength as you. You know, when you know these people aren't right for you, please don't take it as something minor. That's something you need to pay attention to. It's like if they're abusive towards you. Don't be surprised if their verbal abuse turns into physical abuse. Get away from people or relationships that are causing you to destroy your future, destroy your purpose, or causing you to walk away from God or walk away from whatever it is that you love or whatever God has placed in your heart. You know, another way people destroy themselves and, you know, and they probably don't have to realize it, but putting yourself down. I think a lot of people think humility means insulting yourself. Nah, bro, like, nah, you know, you know, trying to put on that false humility. This old thing, you know what I'm saying? I just bought this at last week. I just bought it seven years ago, sis. Like, you know, still new. Girl, get out of here. It's not, it's, it's, don't, don't try to put on that front. You know what I mean? But I mean, a lot of times people put themselves down. Like, I, I was just joking with that. But a lot of times people put themselves down. But we have to understand that negative self-talk is an issue. That's a huge problem, especially Christians we have to overcome because I know we want to be humble, but being humble is not insulting yourself. It's simply thinking less of yourself. You know, so we have to understand in Proverbs 18 and 21, it says that death and life are in the power of the tongue and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. So if you don't, you know, if you don't love yourself, why would a next person do it? You know what I mean? You have to value yourself first because I must like me before I want Safa to like me. 
You must like you before you want someone else to like you. So while you're telling yourself, I'm so ugly, I'm so fat, I ain't got enough money to get this. I don't have enough height to get the girl I want. I don't have enough body to get that guy's attention. While you talk so negative about yourself, you're destroying your self-esteem and hindering yourself from realizing God has made you beautiful, fearfully, and wonderfully made, that he has a plan for you. But the moment you talk down on yourself because you're doing this comparison game, you forget who God is because you're comparing yourself to other people rather than just trying to align yourself with him. That is what we have to do. We have to align ourselves with him. You know, and I'm saying, if we speak the, you know, these negative words of ourselves, we have to understand it's like a seed that we're sowing and we're watering it by pouring this garbage into our mind. You know, and if you don't want to reap a negative harvest, I need you to stop sowing things that, that, that do, that, you know, will, will cause a negative mindset. You know, you have to sow seeds of joy, sow seeds, sow seeds that push you closer to God, that remind you of your worth, that remind you of who he is, you know, because when you glorify God, he's able to build you up. And I'm not one of these people in this new age garbage movement talking about, you know, whatever, whatever that progressive Christianity and all these other things people believe, you know, I'm not saying you need to be manifesting. What I don't know who started this manifesting stuff, but y'all need to chill with all that demon talk. You know what I mean? I'm not saying we need to manifest ministry or a, a let's decree and declare ministry. No, but how you speak to yourself matters. I'm going to read these few verses out of Numbers. Numbers chapter 13, verses 30 through 30, 33 says it like this. And Caleb stilled the people before Moses and said, let us go up at once and possess it, for we are well able to overcome it. But the men that went up with him said, we be not able to go against the people, for they are stronger than we. And they brought up an evil report of the land which they had searched unto the children of Israel, saying, The land which we have gone to search it is a land that eateth up the inhabitants thereof. And all the people that we saw in it are men of great stature. And there we saw the giants, the sons of Anak, which come of the giants, and we were in our own sight as grasshoppers, and so we weren't in their sight. I probably should have read that in NOT. Sorry, y'all. But we have to understand Israel had 12 spies. They had something that God promised them. This man, Caleb, literally said, hey, let's go up and possess it. We're able to take care. We, we are able to get this land. This is ours. You know, this is ours. We're able to get this. And then the rest of these doubters said, nah, we can't, man. Those people are much bigger than us. Do you see how strong they look? We look like grasshoppers than them. You know, one thing I, I found out from a preacher, it was wild. You know, they were like, you know, grasshoppers don't eat grapes. You know, and then that's what's inside the, you know, the land of milk and honey, you know, the promised land. So you're, you're already ruling out that you don't even qualify for what God said you qualified for. So you've already ruined what God, you already told yourself, I'm not good enough to be where God has said I'm good enough to be. God has already said you're able to have a million dollars and still live a righteous life. But you've already said, no, nah, I can't have money. I'm supposed to be broke. God has already said you're able to be a godly spouse. And you've already said, I don't deserve to be happy. Listen. We cannot speak these negative words over ourselves because if you discredit, the only person that can stop you from walking to the promised land is yourself. God has already offered the promised land to you. You have to walk into it. You have to be willing to say, I am well able. Like Caleb was saying, telling the people, no, we're able to go get that land, man. Canaan is ours. And now you know what happened with those doubters? I'm pretty sure they died. Um, if I'm wrong, you know, scholars come correct me. But the issue is only Joshua and Caleb, if I'm not mistaken, were able out of those out of that group of 12 were able to see that promised land because God doesn't entertain our doubt. God is not playing with the if God says, listen, 
I have something for you. You need to go up and believe God. Don't I know I sound like I'm preaching, but I'm I'm, I'm trying to encourage somebody. I don't know who has a, a business plan that they're 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 so afraid of starting. Who's on the verge of jumping into a ministry and they're so afraid that they can't do be good enough. Who's on the verge of asking out that girl or or giving that guy the shot that he keeps shooting the shot? Go allow God to guide your steps and stop speaking in fear. Like you cannot allow fear to dictate your life. Yeah, man. Let me get up off my soapbox. Another thing I want to mention to you guys is please stop ignoring the advice of those that love you. I think a lot of us, we destroy ourselves because we don't listen to nobody. We so grown. We so grown and I'm so saved. I don't need to listen to y'all legalist rules. My pastor put on his pants just like I put on my pants. Like what pastor going to tell me? Listen, some of us are destroying our lives because we've ignored everything our parents have said. We've ignored all of our, our peers that cared about us. We've been ignoring them. We've been ignoring the pastor that's preached the same word over and over. Warning you, God sent that man or that woman to say something specifically to you, but you've been ignoring them and you've been destroying yourself in the process. Please be careful that you don't allow yourself to ignore that. You know, there, you know, because so many of us we end up in broken situations just because we're not listening. You know, and they not they may not always be right, but you know, if you know they have they they want what's best for you, you need to be willing to listen, you need to be willing, you know, to hear them out. You know, and I want us to understand that many of us, we, you know, we develop some of these behaviors for various reasons. I know, I know they come in various ways. You know, many of us, we found that some of these things were useful. Let's just say in your childhood, you learned to be defensive because of what was happening to you in your childhood. So now you've grown up with a defensive nature. I get that that happens. You know, I'm not, I'm not shocked or making it seem like you have a problem if you're sabotaging yourself. No, I'm just mentioning some of the things, some of the ways that we're guilty of it, you know, because something may have been necessary in the past, but it doesn't mean you have to keep that same defensive mindset today or keep that same mentality to today. Like, let's say, let's say I grew up poor, right? Let's just say there was nothing in my house but one, one loaf of bread to feed all of us. You know, that means we would have been stretching it, you know, one loaf a day, you know what I mean? Just trying to make it through the week you know, one slice a day, just trying to make it through the week. But let's just say now I have a million dollars in my pocket. If I'm still eating one loaf of bread for the week, that don't, that doesn't mean I'm saving money. That means I'm, I'm allowing my past to shape my future. Meaning I have not healed. I have not moved forward from what, what I was going through in the past. And we have to be careful, you know, because that, that may have been necessary for you to survive before, but you don't have to live that way now. Many of us, we have some habits that we have to learn to let go of. And until we let go of these things, we will continue ruining our future or not living up to the highest standard that God has for us, not making it to where God has us, where God wants us, you know? So I'm not saying, you know, those who got rich now go out and be foolish, but I'm, I, I, that's just an example of, you know, how we can be guilty of that. You know, some people, they had traumatic relationships, parents were abusive, last boyfriend, you know, spoke to you in such a demeaning way that you don't even know how to receive love again. Listen, man, I understand that's, that's something that really needs healing. Like we had, I had a counseling session with a person that, you know, they were going through it big time. You know, I always put the, our, our counseling, um, counseling link in the description box. Cause a lot of you guys have questions and I'm not able to get to everyone's questions. It's too many of you guys, but some people book appointments with us. But man, they were going through it, you know, just had to reassure them of who they are in God and, you know, allow yourself to understand 
that does not define you. You know, sometimes we need to remind ourselves that that traumatic relationship doesn't have to be our identity. It doesn't have to be our future. You know, so I know what happened in the past and I know it made you defensive, but if I'm allowing myself to be defensive now and I'm thinking everyone has ulterior motives, I'll never be able to truly receive or give love. And there's a lot of people who don't know how to receive the love of God because they cannot forgive their father for the hatred they've got from him. They had a father that abandoned them or a mother that abused them. So how can a loving God love them? You know, a lot of us, there's a lot of different ways that, you know, we could have formed these things, but there are a few questions you can ask yourself, I guess, to know if you're doing something that's sabotaging your future. A few questions I found, this is from the internet because I I didn't, I wanted to find something that could probably encapsulate a lot of situations and not just mine. Um, One, are you prioritizing instant, am I prioritizing instant gratification? Like I mentioned in the beginning, hey, you say you want to get in shape, but you're not eating healthy, you're not working out, all you're doing is eating hot wings. You're putting yourself, what you want right now above what you want in the end, which is a healthier body, which is a better looking body, which is feeling better, being able to sleep better, things like that. You know, are you avoiding what needs to be done? Something I have to ask myself every day if I check social media before I spent time in my devotion, before I spent time preparing my messages and podcasts and sermons and, um, you know, books and stuff like that. I need that's a question I have to definitely ask myself. Um, number three, am I prioritizing my spiritual stability and my mental health? Because a lot of you guys, you're you're going on 10. You feel as though being busy means you're in the will of God, when in reality, you're just draining yourself. But you need to check to see, are you prioritizing your spiritual life? Are you prioritizing your mental health? Are you allowing yourself to rest? You know, the principle of the Sabbath is important because we need to learn the importance of rest. Um, Number four, another question to ask yourself is, am I always procrastinating? Did you put off something for tomorrow that you could have done today? And last question I want you to ask is, are you entertaining self-defeating thoughts? I'll never overcome this. I'll never be this. I can't achieve that because they didn't. I'll never have enough money. They'll never like me. Are you entertaining those types of thoughts? But while you, you ponder on that, I hope this is an episode that gets you to do some reflecting and not just a cool listen and, you know, move on with your day. I pray that it gets you challenged, you know, it forces you to... You know, spend time, you know, doing some introspection and in the word of God so God can reveal some things to you. But I'm definitely going to ask you guys for some prayer because as you can hear, I am still super duper stuffy and we are still not 100 percent. You know, the whole family got hit like a ton of bricks, you know. So whenever you hear this episode, send up a prayer for us. And while you're listening, be sure to subscribe, share with a friend, leave a review, you know, click the link. Um, I say this all the time and you guys keep ignoring me, huh? I see how it is. You don't want to click, to click that Patreon link. Show some love to the Patreon. Join us on the Bible study. Join us on the special special episodes. We got a family going on now. We ain't asking for y'all money. We trying to get some friends. Come on now. Come on. Listen here. You can join, I think, for like a dollar. Don't be acting brand new because some of y'all done spent Chick-fil-A on like $30 last month. But, you know, that ain't my business. I love y'all.